Hey, uh, some of you I know saw there was an article that just came out uh, last weekend in the Republic. And I know many of you read that, read it and said, wow, I know that's not exactly how we would have represented ourselves as a church. And I wish we would have, you know, some other things would have come out in the article. And you just need to know we feel exactly the same way. Here's, here's what you need to hear. The young gentleman who wrote the article, nice enough guy, but I'm pretty sure is still pretty early in his journey with God, which basically means that as we talked and said all sorts of things that really would have been probably pretty good in the article, he just didn't get it. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to him. And then there's a whole bunch of places where he misunderstood and said other things. We're not having a school here at the church and uh, just all sorts of stuff. So anyways... um, if your friends come to you and say, hey, I read the article, smile and go, hey, that's really nice. We're really not that bad. And go on, okay? And um, nice guy, just, you know. And I did not say any of the stupid stuff that's in the article. First time in my life, I didn't say anything stupid, so I get to say that out loud. But, um, okay? So, and if you haven't read the article, don't bother. You know, I mean, yeesh, yeesh. Waste of time, but it's... Hey, we're doing a series called Right Potential Mates. Uh, And what we've discovered, though, as we've been doing this, that this is really for all of us, that even those of us who are married and some of us even grandparents are getting a whole bunch out of this because if nothing else, we're going back and going, oh, okay, I get where some of my struggles have come from. That makes sense. I get that. I can even work on that, fix that. It's going to change things because there's some things maybe I didn't do that great when I was dating, but now I can fix now that I'm in a... So it's been a great thing for all of us. And then the other part is we need to give this information to our kids. So it's arming and equipping us to help the next generation be better than us. So it's been a great series for us to do together. We're coming to a message today in which we're going to talk, in which we're going to say to each other some things that probably some of us in the room wish we didn't have to say to each other. But you know, and and we all get guys, one of the reasons we're here is because we've pretty well figured out that when I'm in charge of my life and when I do my life my way, it doesn't work that well. Which means there's going to be moments that God's going to say, you're right. You doing it that way, you doing it like everybody else does it, doesn't work. Let me tell you the way in which this was supposed to happen. And very often we look and go, that's harder than what I've been doing. Sometimes, sometimes the right answer is the harder answer. And it's the best answer. So I'm just going to encourage us as we talk about this. Could we listen with gentle hearts? Could we listen with hearts that say, huh, if I did that, would that change anything? And what does it mean to me that God prescribed it? What does it mean to me that God said, this is how it's going to, it's, it works for us in life. Okay. So could we do that together today? Hey, uh, what we're going to talk a little bit about today is how marriage is supposed to work. Because if you're dating, if you're looking for the right potential mate, the implication there is, is that somewhere we're going to cross that line of commitment and actually get involved in marriage. So I, part of today is just saying, what does, what does that commitment look like? And the person who's willing to make that commitment with me as we move uh, forward in this thing. So to uh, kind of help us with that, I asked a couple to come forward and see if they would let us marry them in the services today.
First service, first service stood when the couple came in. And all. <laughs> well, what I wanted though is I wanted them to illustrate because we've all been, we've all seen this moment between a man and a woman when they come to make those promises together. And we've all sat through weddings, whether we wanted to be there or our wife made us go, but we've all been there uh, to weddings. And some of us, as we've sat through that moment and watched this thing occur, have said to ourselves, oh man. Oh, man, have they got a lot. I mean, woo, baby. (laughs) Are they in for some prizes? And the reason we said that is because we knew what was coming next. We knew that as wonderful and as crazily fantastic as this moment is, that a man and a woman come to this moment with expectations. They come with a list of what they're hoping the other one will do. And basically what they're kind of saying is, look, 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 I am more than committed to being a great husband to you if you'll do this for me. And she says in her heart, look, look, I got a pretty good idea what you're hoping for. from, And I will be the wife you always dreamed of if you'll meet what I've been hoping for since I was a little girl. And so they come to this moment with this unwritten, implied list. And and what they imagine in their hearts is, even though we haven't said this out loud, even though it's not documented or written anywhere, we're pretty sure the other person knows my list. So we're going to... Okay, so what I asked is, you've got a list today, right? Okay. (laughs) This is it. Just just this little list. Okay. Okay. Sex. That was it. Sex. That was the list. <laughs> now, here's the deal. Uh, you got a chance to add to this list. So, you think anything else you want to put on this list? More, more, more sex. More sex. <laughs> now, this is your last pass, buddy. Anything else you want to put on this list? Some food. 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 <laughs> So you get men, men come with a reasonably simple list. Now, you've got a list, right? Okay, and you gave me the list before the service. And I, I know I noticed that the first chapter were five ways to fix him. I thought that was great in here. And then there, you know, there's kind of the typical stuff that gals have stuff like spending time with the kids. Okay. And I know there was another chapter in here on called Couch Time. Something about 30 minutes every day when you come in the door talking about how you feel about the day. <laughs> and then this, this, I thought this was the best chapter, hair removal chapter. <laughs> and then hair replacement. So, you know, in the places it's needed. So, but, but you know, a pretty comprehensive list there. I'll tell you what, let's thank these guys for uh, coming up here and for doing this. Very cool. Thank you, guys. See, here's, here's the reality. We all know, and one of the reasons we chuckle is because we know exactly what we just talked about is true, don't we? We know that he comes with his hopes, his expectations. She comes with her hopes and her expectations. And what we don't say in that moment, but what we believe is implicitly understood is this. I am more than happy to be the husband that you're hoping for if you'll be the wife of my list. 
And what she is saying in her heart is, no, 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 no. I have no problem with your list. If you will fulfill all the things that I have dreamed of since I was a little girl, I'm fine with the list. Problem. We believe that marriage is a contract. You you realize what our hearts have just done in that moment. We have just said, I will be the person you want me to be. Ready? If. If and when you are the person I need you to be. Contract. Which then implicitly says, and the moment you let me down, the moment you don't meet one of my requirements, then I have cause. And here's what happens. In every relationship, somewhere he forgets. And she says, well then... And he says, but, 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 and then he overlooks or he slacks off or she says, hey, you're not, so I'm not. And you realize what immediately begins is this, our heart begins to suffer disappointment and, and, and our heart calls out breach of contract. And here's what we do emotionally. Even if we don't understand it, even if we don't know we've done it, here's, we take the marker of life and we walk over to the chalkboard of our hearts and we go, that's one. That's two. And we begin to fill the chalkboard. Now here is the incredible danger. You realize that with every mark you and I place, we withdraw our hearts just a little bit more. See, we, we don't know it, and, and we may not even think about it at the time, but, but here's what happens. Our hearts simply say this, he's disappointing. She doesn't get it. And we simply withdraw just a little bit. And it's so small, it's so minute, that we probably, in most cases, don't even realize we're doing it. But our hearts simply say, I can't trust you with that part of me. I, you're dropping the ball in our... And, and we hold back. And, and what our hearts are saying is, look, if you ever get this right, if you can ever step up to the plate and do what I've been hoping you would do, then I'll be happy to return my heart. But piece by piece and mark by mark, we began to emotionally withdraw. And it's so minute, so small, we don't... But the problem is, by the time you get a hundred and then two hundred and then three... Pretty soon we go, I'm just done. And I don't even know when my heart went away. I just know it's gone. It's love by contract. You know, if you stop and think about it a minute, even though this is exactly what most of us do in our relationships and in our marriages, if we got to the core of marriage by contract, if we really kind of stripped it away and thought about it, isn't it the, it the ultimate selfishness? Because aren't I saying in that moment to the person I'm supposed to love, look, 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 I'll give you my heart if you fulfill my expectations for you. I'll love you when you step up and do what I need you to do. And and isn't that ultimately about me and about what I want being the most important thing in the relationship? Isn't, Isn't that just selfishness dressed up? 
even in relationships that are working. Maybe there's a husband and a wife and they go, no, 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 we're completely happy. And you go, well, 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 why are you happy? I'm happy because they're doing what I need them to do. See, I'm happy because what I hoped a husband would do or what I hoped a wife would do, they're doing. And because they're doing for me what I need them to do for me, I'm happy. And isn't happiness because you're meeting my expectation still, at the end of the day, selfishness? And isn't it true that if we're not careful, if we do this like everybody else is doing this, that really what we're saying is, look, 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 I love you because of how you make me feel about me. I love you because of what you do for me. And as long as you continue to do it, which isn't that ultimately conditional love? Think about that. You got a little, we'll do a daughter. You got a little girl and she goes over to play with the neighbor girl. And uh, she comes back and, and she's got in her hand a Barbie that you never bought for her. And, and you're going, where did you get that? And she goes, well, I got it from Tina. Why did Tina give you her brand new Barbie? And your daughter says to you, because I told Tina, I won't be your friend if you don't give me the Barbie. Now, if you're a parent worth your salt, what do you do in that moment? You go, ah! <laughs> right? And you walk back over to Tina's parents' house, and with your head hung, you go, look, 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 I'm so sorry. My little girl said to your little girl that she wouldn't be your little girl's friend unless your little girl gave her her brand new Barbie. And I'm sorry, and I'm embarrassed. And you return the Barbie, and then you go home and you have a wonderful talk with your daughter about conditional love, right? Conditional friendship. And guys, 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 think about this. We are appalled at the idea that our children would do that with their neighbor kid. And yet we do it with our spouse. I'll love you if you give me what I need from you. And here's what you just need to hear me say, guys. It wasn't meant this way. This is not how God designed it. This is not how marriage supposed to work. And it's no wonder when you and I enter into contractual relationships with each other, contractual marriages, that we've got a divorce rate in this country well past 50%. And the truth is, if you and I are going to continue to go into relationships contractually, we might as well write the divorce papers before we do the ceremony. And God just simply says, guys, there's a different way. There's a better way to do this, but it's, you ready? It's harder. It's harder. And God would simply say this. I'm going to ask you to come and love that other person more than your list. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible, then work to the left, you're going to find this book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Here's what it says. Wives, submit. There's that evil, God-forsaken word, submit. Submit. 
Submit to your... Guys, can I just give you a word of advice to all the men in here? Don't ever say that word out loud. If you have to say it out loud, you've lost the battle already, buddy. You're just... You're cooked. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now jump with me down to verse 33. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, I know, I know what all you ladies are doing. You ladies are going, that is the most unfair job description I've ever heard in my life. All he has to do is love wonderful me, and I've got to respect him? Come on! You know? And, here, and we're not going to talk about it today. I'm just going to tell you guys, 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 guys. The God who made you, the God who made men and women know exactly how he's wired. They know exactly how she's wired. And here's what God knew. That if you're ever going to come close to fulfilling the hearts and the dreams of each other, the men, you're going to have to find a way to love your wife with abandon, which is really hard for men to do because we like to love in pieces. And wives, you're going to have to find a way to respect your husband even when he makes mistakes. Because desperately deep within the heart of every male is the deepest need to be respected by his wife. It's one of the most precious gifts you give. But we're not going to talk about that. But anyways, um, (laughs) jumping back to the top. Here's the verse we almost never read when we read the marriage thing. It's verse 21. Here's what it says. Submit to one another. Isn't that weird? Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. What in the... Everybody's submitting in this thing. It's, It's just getting ugly. No. Here's what he's saying. Submit the list. Submit the list. What God is saying is, here's how this is supposed to work. He goes, I I know, I know, I know you came to this marriage with this whole list of things you were hoping for. I get it. But here's what God said. You're not ready to marry someone until you find the person that you love more than the list. And that when you got to that day and when you stood in front of the church, here's what you were supposed to be saying to each other. You were supposed to be saying, look, 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 look. I do. I've got all these things I was hoping marriage would be. I've got a list. But here's what you need to hear me say. I love you more than my list. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my list and I'm going to submit it underneath your list. Because I love you more than my list, and I will spend my life fulfilling you. It's a wife saying to her husband, look, 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 look. I do. I've got everything I dreamed of since I was a little girl that this marriage is going to I do. But I love you more than my list. And, and so I'm going to take my list, and I'm going to submit my list to yours, and I will spend my life fulfilling your no matter whether or not you ever get to my list. Because this isn't a contract. It's a promise. Scripture would call that moment a covenant. Not a contract. A covenant. And here's what you need to know because this is vitally different. You and I don't get this in Western culture. In Western culture, we think contracts violate suum. It's not a contract. <laughs> in, in the, think about it. Isn't that what divorce court is? We're suing each other for violation of the contract. And we spend our time trying to prove the other person violated the normal expectations. And God just says, look, it was never a contract. It was a covenant. Would you ready for this? A covenant is a promise without condition. 
It's a promise. So it's simply this. Here's what you need to know. Men, you stood there that day, and here's the covenant you made with that woman. You simply said this. I will be the man you're hoping that I'll be. No matter how good a wife you are to me, I'll be the man. That was the promise you made. That was the covenant you gave. A promise without condition on her performance. Women, when you came down that aisle that day, you made a covenant not a contract. And you said to that man, I will be the wife you always dreamed of. No matter how you perform. No matter whether or not you meet my expectation. Because this is a promise without a condition. Submitting our lists one to another. Because we say to each other, I love you more than my list. That's a huge change from how we've done this. Matter of fact, that changes everything. And then, you ready for this? God turns around in love, okay, they're going to blow your mind, in love, and he closes the back door on the covenant. He closes the back door. Grab grab your Bibles, take a look at this. Go to Matthew. Matthew's going to be the left. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, we'll start in verse 3. Here's what it says. Some of the Pharisees came to him, talking about Jesus, came to Jesus to test him. And they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? You get it? Hey, how can I get rid of her? (laughs) Jesus answers, haven't you read, Jesus replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and He said, for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Remember that? One flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. And so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man, no woman, separate. They're one. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, catch this. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But I tell you, this is not, this was not the way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Now, the disciples had exactly the same reaction you're having right now. Look what they said. The disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it's better not to marry. Forget it. I ain't getting into something with no escape clauses. No way. What do you think I am? Dumb? Huh? Let's just live in sin for a while. I mean, hey. Okay, jump with me to another passage. 1 Corinthians, so it's going to be to the right. 1 Corinthians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, chapter 7. First Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 13. Here's what it says. And if a woman has a husband who's not a believer, and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Jump with me over to verse 15. 
But if the unbeliever leaves, in other words, the unbeliever just says, look, I am so tired of you and this religious, I'm just done. I'm gone. Bye. If the unbeliever leaves, let him do so. A believing man or a woman is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Now, here's what God does. God turns around and says, look, 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 look. This is not a contract. It's a covenant. Matter of fact, it's a promise without conditions. And then, just in case you don't get that, we're going to close the back door. And we're, we're going to make the way out of this thing like about that big. And he basically spells out two things. He says, all right, if one of the spouses cheats, and the reason that does is because, look, look, the covenant was to be one, which means the moment one is unfaithful, they just left the covenant, right? He says, and the other thing is, if you find yourself married to someone who doesn't know your Jesus, and you stick with it, you say, I'm here, I'm going to do this, and the person who doesn't know Jesus yet just says, I'm gone. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I ever hope. I'm gone. Then scripture says, okay. And God says, that's it. That's the back door. And some of us in this room are probably saying to ourselves right now exactly what the disciples said. You've got to be kidding me. Really? Why is anyone getting married then? I mean, if it, the back door is that small. What if? What if what looks constricting and what if what looks like excessive rules is really the blessing of God. You guys remember this from last week? And remember we talked about the wonder of a kite is that for a kite to be a kite, for a kite to work, it needs a string. It needs that thing which restrains and holds it back. Matter of fact, without the string, the kite never soars. But the string, the very thing that holds it back and puts limits to it is the thing that makes it work. Is it possible that the tiny back door of marriage is one of God's strings to make it work? Let me see if I can help a little bit. When our spouses disappoint, when our spouses hurt our hearts, we begin to mark. And somewhere we've got this imaginary line that when enough marks get up there, we're just done. And the truth is, I don't know how many times I've counseled men or women and said to them, look, 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 we can save this. And they say, no, I'm done. You know what they're saying to me in that moment, right? I've got so many marks. Truth is, Lynn, I don't even know how to go back and tell you what they are because they're so old and they're so long and I've been holding. I don't even remember making the mark. I just know in my heart I've got, if if 10,000 is enough marks, Lynn, I've got 9,990 And I'm done. And God in love closed the back door. Here's why. Some of you that know Lisa, my wife, and me, would know this about our personalities. You would know that we are, how can I say this delicately? We are opinionated people. We are strong individuals. And I guarantee you that people, when they saw us together and saw us heading toward a marriage, went, oh my goodness, that one's going to be interesting, let me tell you. And I, 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 Lisa and I cannot get to packing the car and not have an opinion. Okay? 
I know this is going to blow some of your minds, but there have been rare occasions in which Lisa and I actually disagreed. (laughs) There have been moments where we felt very strongly about our disagreement. And there have been moments, honestly, where I've looked and thought to myself, hmm, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. And can I tell you, there have been moments my heart would have run for a back door. And the problem is this. God made the back door about that big. And I went, we're both believers, so we can't get out the back door that way. Not going to have an unbeliever leave a believer. And if I commit adultery on her, she's going to kill me. (laughs) So I ain't getting out that way. Which immediately then leaves me with the thing that says, all right, all right, all right, all right. Back door is pretty small, ain't getting out. I better do something about the problem. I, I better turn myself around and go fix something here. Because if I don't, then me and her are going to live for the next 40 years like this. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be 75, 80 years old and she's throwing her dentures. I don't want to do that. I've been telling you for 40 years. You know, I don't want to do that. So, here you ready? Because there's nowhere else to go. My heart turns. And I walk back over to the board and I say, Can we work on this? Can we fix this? Because I don't want this for the next 40 years of our life. And all of a sudden, you ready for this? We have the energy and the resolve and the momentum to talk until this can happen. You know how many marks are on our board? Hopefully, none. Because neither of us is going anywhere. And what we thought was God's constriction is actually the energy, the wherewithal, the fortitude to clean that in our lives. And I know there's some of us here are going, wow, 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 wow. Because you're dating right now and you're going, man, that's, I mean, you're talking, whoo, commitment and little back doors. And right now you're dating somebody and here's what you've been thinking while you've been dating them. If I can just get a ring on their finger, that will be the leverage I need to fix them. And then now you're going, oh, dude, you're, you're telling me if I can never fix them, I'm stuck with them? Yeah, that's the answer. And, 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 and so here's the answer. If you're dating somebody who needs to be fixed... Run away! Run away! Just run away! Okay? Best advice I could give you. If you're not ready to enter a covenant relationship with them, in which you just say, look, no, 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 I take you where you are. And I love you more than I love my list. And this isn't about me getting a ring on your finger so I can fix you. Matter of fact, the truth is, if you don't change one bit from where you are, I love you more than my list. And if you're dating somebody who needs you to fix them, run away. There are some of us in this room who go, Lynn, <laughs> I've, already, I've already blown past the stop sign. I've already divorced. I, some of us go, I've divorced a couple times. Okay? Okay. 
You realize that's not the question. The question is, now that you know better, what are you going to do? That's the question. See the, see, the truth is, there's probably nothing you can tell me about divorce that I don't already know a little bit about. My great aunt, some of you guys know this, my great aunt, you ready for this? Married and divorced 13 times. Okay? My grandmother married three times, married one of her leftovers. My parents were divorced. You can't tell me anything that's going to shock me. Okay? And I, and I don't care. And, and, and the answer may be at the end of the day that you may have some apologies to give. And you may need to go back to someone and say, look, I did that wrong and I did not treat you. I, I came with a contract and not with a covenant. You may need to do that. But the question, you realize the question of the moment isn't that. The question of the moment is now what? Now that you know better, what are you going to do? From this moment on, will you live this right? For the honor of your Lord and for the honor of your children, will you live it right now? That's the question. And then there's some of us, and I think this may be the hardest one. There are some of us in here who are married. <laughs> but if we were completely honest with each other today, you'd say, Lynn, <laughs> I'm, I'm down here on my board. I, I'm, I'm filling in the last few marks. And then I'm going to be done. And you just heard today, you can't. You can't. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. It's one person saying to another, I love you more than my list. And unless that person has been merely unfaithful to you, or that person's an unbeliever and is taking off on you, you can't be done. You can't be done. And the answer, the answer for you, ready for this? Here's the hard one. The answer is you've got to go back to the list. You've got to go back to the contract and rip it up. You've got to come to a come-to-Jesus moment in which you simply say, if you never make my list, I'm still going to be the wife you always wanted. I'm still going to be the husband you dreamed of. Because I choose, not because I feel like it, because I choose to love you more than my list. And you go, Lynn. See, the truth is we got marriages here today that are waiting for a hero. They're waiting for someone to be brave enough to rip the list. It's what's sinking you right now. And you just need one brave enough. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we're just going to say these things simply. Would you do business with us right now? And I want to pray, God, for couples that are in here who are dating. And the truth is, they can't wait to get the ring on each other's fingers because then they can really get down to business and fix each other. And God, I'm just going to ask that you would fill their hearts with courage today. And I know they've got a lot of time invested and they've made a lot of promises, a lot of commitment, but help them to run. Help them to say, look, you're a great person and I really do love you, but you're just not the right person. Because I would come into this thing with a list. God, I pray for those that are here who'd say, Lynn, I've, I've, I, I have blown this multiple times. I, I have. I, I didn't understand. I didn't know. Or maybe I knew and I didn't care. And I have messed this up and I've got people who've been hurt. 
God, would you give them the courage today to go apologize to the people they need to apologize, to admit they were wrong to the people they need to admit, but more than that, God, to drive a stake in the ground today that says, and now that I know, I will honor God. I will do this right from this day forward. And then, God, I pray most of all today for those who are in marriages who would say, my chalkboard's almost full. I am so close to checking out of this relationship. And God, would you raise up a hero? Would you raise up someone with the courage to rip their list and to simply say, I choose. I choose to love you and I choose to love my God more than my list. I choose. In Jesus' name, amen. What if there were some heroes in the room today? What if there were single people who would just be so bold as to be honest in their relationship and say, look, I've got an agenda and it's about fixing you and I was, I was thinking about waiting until I got the ring on your finger to start leveraging the moment. We don't need to do that. What if there were some people in this room who were honest enough and bold enough to say, I've already blown this. I've already done this exactly the wrong way. But today I drove a stake in the ground. Today I said, never again. And I will honor God from this day. My marriage will be different from this day forward. And and sure, that was a mistake. Never again. What if? What if there was a marriage in the room that turned around? Because one couple, one person who was ready to give up, walked over and ripped up the contract and simply said, I choose to love you more than my list. What if God raised up heroes today? Let's bow our heads. Dearest Lord Jesus, we just come to you and we're going to say it out loud that what we needed to hear was not really what we wanted to hear. But God, we just affirm that we needed to hear it. And so I'm going to ask God, would you fill our hearts with courage? Would you raise up all over this congregation heroes who would step up and say, now that I know, now that I know, it'll be different. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, some of you are going to want to talk. We're going to have counselors here at the front that will meet with you and talk with you. God bless you for being in this place.